Hi, everyone. You're listening to Experience Better, the CX podcast. I'm your host, Scott Thompson, Senior Partner Relationship Manager at Kubra. And just to let everybody know, I'm taking over the wonderful work of Alfred Sawatsky, who has hosted the podcast since its inception in 2019. And more than anything, I want to thank Alfred for all of his dedication and time. And I hope to continue on the great work that Alfred has laid out thus far. And I look forward to tapping into his expertise again in the future. More specifically, on the other side of the mic, as a guest of the program at some point in the future. Today's episode is about business intelligence and what is business intelligence and how can we how can companies use this data they have to improve the customer experience. Today we sit down with Anthony Mancini, manager of customer client success at Cooper, to dig into some of these questions. So first off, Anthony, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining the program today. So you and I have known each other for a number of years, and over the past number of years, we've worked very closely with many of our clients, helping them to understand where the industry is headed in terms of leveraging technology to support the increasingly complex array of customer segments in today's diverse marketplace. And and it's really all about customer experience and maximizing the CX experience to the greatest effect. Wouldn't you agree? Hey, good morning, Scott. Thanks for having me. And absolutely, I, I agree. And just want to comment. I love the proper Italian pronunciation of my my last name. That's great. Thank you. Least I could do for you, Anthony. <laughs> so, so really, the big question with with all of this information that we have available to us today and to available to our clients today is how do we do exactly that? How do we leverage this information that we have to their greatest effect to maximize the customer experience? And that's really what we're here to talk about today is business intelligence and exactly what is business intelligence and and anthony i'll sort of i'll hand it over to you perfect thanks scott so there are you know various definitions uh, out there on what business intelligence uh, is and the one i like the best that i think articulates it uh, properly is that business intelligence turns raw data into actionable insights that drive customer interactions and business uh, decisions so let's take a step back there, right? There's three primary components of business intelligence based on you know what I just said. The first is the data. The second is reporting and anal- uh, analytics on that data, which then lead to visualizations, which are, is very important. And then finally, gathering valuable insights to drive particular action. So let's look at data. In today's world, you know, large companies are gathering and receiving mass volumes of data unlike ever before, right? It's an incredible amount of data that's flowing through through systems today based on customer interactions with, you know, your platform or your services that you provide. Specific to Kubra, you know, we work in uh, home services industries. We work with utilities, with government entities, uh, with financial institutions. And uh, we see all these different interactions and how the these interactions are just generating and driving this incredible volume of, of data and information. Now let's look at a, a utility, for example, right? A utility has multiple backend systems that they're using. Uh, for example, we have customer information systems, we have outage management systems, work order management systems, uh, asset data management systems. All of these systems have a, a, an incredible function but produce an enormous amount of data. Now, the challenge from a business intelligence perspective is that a lot of these systems, Scott, work in individual silos, okay? They may or may not be 
communicating back and forth. And what happens here is the data that's being gathered, again, exists within these individual uh, silos and these individual components. So one of the challenges that business intelligence solves is around the data being captured in these individual silos, right? So we're looking at what's called data warehousing, where you're able to pool and consolidate the data into you know, a singular or consolidated uh, stream so that it's easier to run analytics and reporting uh, on. The second component, like I said, is reporting and analysis on this information. So through machine learning, through uh, artificial intelligence, through complex algorithms, we're able to take raw data, whether it's organized or unorganized, and format, format it in a way that allows us to perform this proper analysis. Um, and then from there, once we have the reporting captured, once we have the analysis, we're able to build you know, vis visualization against those reports, which again makes it much easier to digest and understand all this you know, raw data, we now have visualization to it. And we'll look at specific examples of that in, in just a moment. But before I go on, Scott, let me ask, uh, do you use the tool Microsoft Power BI? I have used it many times, yeah. Excellent. So, you know, here for everyone listening at Kubra, we we use uh, Microsoft Power BI, and it's a tool we use because we're measuring our key performance uh, indicators or KPIs um, from all the the uh, items that we're trying to uh, to solve, if you will, and to report on, and we capture this information within a Power BI dashboard, and it's an incredibly powerful tool because we're actually able to see again in a singular view how we're doing, how we're certain metrics are, are measuring up against one another. The example that I love is, you know, think of a pilot flying in uh, or within their, their cockpit. They have all of their monitoring instruments and gauges right there in front of them. So in their cockpit, they are able to have a very accurate understanding of how their plane is operating just by reviewing their, uh, their monitoring instruments. And that's what business intelligence allows us to do. The third component is gathering valuable insights to drive action, okay? And this is the key. This is the major component of business, uh, business intelligence, right? So we start again from just all of this mass amounts of information to the point where we're able to produce reports, provide visualizations, and now we're starting to understand things that we may have not understood before in our businesses through these valuable insights, which then allows us to pick and choose what actions are we going to perform against these insights to help drive our, our KPIs or um, our, our goals. So Anthony, what, what you're really getting to here is, is that term big data that we hear so much in, in, in today's day and age, where you have all these disparate data elements, uh, data segments by customer over time, particularly in the utility industry on, on time of usage, day of usage, uh, by appliance, by what, you know, what have you. And, and that creates this massive cube of information, if you will, that we need to, you know, slice and dice and to your point, make sense out of it and create some visualizations to help drive better business decisions. And I remember in, you know, my early days of business, uh, you know, it was kind of, you know, you had some data and you a little bit of crystal ball and sort of wetting your finger and stick it into the breeze to sort of see which way the wind was blowing. And that's that's what you had. We didn't have these sophisticated tools to to help us drive these educated decisions that, that in turn drive customer experience. So 
you know, I'm kind of leading the witness here and sort of really sort of give you an opening as to why is it intel- uh, why is business intelligence important? And, you know, why don't you tell us, you know, some of the, the finer details of, you know, what the greater good is here for all of us? Yeah, it's a great question, Scott. You know, I, I'm going to take it one step further, right? It's it's not just important. In my vantage point, it's business intelligence has become critical today for us, right? So, you know, at a very, very high level, business intelligence helps companies make better decisions, right? But let's let's take a, take a step back. So for the folks listening today, uh, if your company is not using business intelligence, I'm going to question how you have uh, an accurate understanding or pulse, if you will, on your customer satisfaction and customer experience. My assumption is that you're probably sending out customer satisfaction surveys to your customers, which are very, you know, uh, very valuable, uh, and they provide some great insights. Now, when you get a response back to your survey, right, what is your hopes in terms of number of responses? Is it 1,000? Is it 5,000? Is it 2% of your customer base? You know, this could be, if you if you hit those targets, that could be, you know, wonderful for you, and that could be exactly what you were trying to, to accomplish. But I'm going to question the sample size, right? The sample size, again, let's say, you know, you had 5,000 customers respond back to you, but you have half a million customer base. That's your customer base. Or you have a million customers or two million, right? With that amount of responses coming back within the survey, do you truly understand exactly the overall customer satisfaction or the overall customer experience, right? Again, there's going to be great insights. You know, we use surveys as well and they're very valuable, but does it provide the full picture? And that's where business intelligence comes into play because by utilizing all the data and information that you have available to you, you know, you're able to see potentially the full picture, right? And so, you know, if we look at your top 10 goals over the next one to three years as a business, I'm going to take a guess and and probably assume that at least two of those goals, two of the top 10, one's going to be increased customer satisfaction and two is going to be uh, to drive costs down. And, you know, looking at various examples, you can see how business intelligence actually can, you know, tackle two birds with one stone, to use that analogy. And along those lines of, of kind of customer experience, you know, companies are using business intelligence to analyze customer behavior as well. Uh, doing some research, you know, you look at Netflix. Netflix is an amazing example because they're using business intelligence to truly understand their customer behavior. So you're at home, uh, you're, you're, you know, on the Netflix uh, platform and you're deciding which movie, which uh, TV show, which documentary you want to watch, or you're saving something for later, right? Or putting it on your your uh, your, your list of videos to watch later. What Netflix is doing, and I think as we all know, is they're monitoring and analyzing every single action, every interaction, every touch point you have on their platform for the intent of trying to create and understand exactly what you want. And so what I found amazing was that their goal using business intelligence is to determine what you want and provide it exactly when you want it. And think about that for a second, right? If as a company, you're able to provide what your customer wants exactly when they want it, I mean, that's that's problem solved. That's an incredible uh, value and experience you're giving to your, your end customer. Another reason why business intelligence is so critical today is because it helps companies you know, 
increase potentially increase their profit and you know increase operational efficiencies at the same time and i'll use the example of chipotle chipotle has thousands of restaurants worldwide and uh you know what they did was when they switched to business intelligence was instead of looking at the performance of each individual location they started to have a more holistic view right by gathering all the data across all of these locations and they created a centralized view of operations so that they can track restaurant operational effectiveness um, at a national or international scale, which is obviously proven to be uh, very beneficial for them. And then finally, you know, one of the areas I want to highlight as well is that more of a defensive approach, if you will, right? What, what BI does is sometimes it sheds light on misconceptions. And so think about when the pandemic started. Okay, when when COVID really started to take place, people started going back, working from home. Everyone jumped into their virtual boardroom, if you will, and started to predict what would happen over the next one month, three months, six months, so on and so forth. And some of those things might have occurred and some maybe they didn't. Maybe there was misconceptions you thought were going to happen to you, to your business that never took flight. So perhaps with the use of you know, leveraging business intelligence, perhaps we could have, you know, at the onset shed lights of some of those misconceptions. So they're knowing customer experience, right? And being able to predict the future a little bit better, maybe that would have helped us out. Perfect. Yeah. And, you know, you you hit the nail on the head right there by mentioning, you know, the analyzing of a customer behavior. And in, in today's day and age, we have more complex customer segments than we've ever had in the history of everything before. I mean, you, you have millennials and baby boomers, you've got Gen X, you've got Gen Z. So from an age demographic, you know, there's five, I guess, generations out there who are potential consumers these days. And then you, you overlay that with sort of their technology demographics and use of technology and comfort in the use of technology. I mean, I know I have, uh, you know, some children i can't call them children anymore but offspring let's say that are you know late teens early 20s and uh you know some of them don't even know what a piece of paper is it's all everything they do is through their phone and uh you know who my and my mom who barely knows what a computer is to check her yahoo mail and that sort of lets you know what her technology uh sophistication is i don't even know if anybody uses yahoo mail anymore except my mom but i mean you bring all that together and and getting companies to try to speak the, the right language to these particular demographics uh, and, 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 you know, technology sophistication users is, is easier said than done. And it's, it's not just one consumer base out there, customer base out there. You have five and they all speak different languages and ingest their information and content differently. So, you know, let's maybe dive a little deeper out BI can can you know drive and improve the customer experience based on you know these diverse demographics that we're dealing with today. Well, first off, uh, full disclosure: I might be the last remaining Yahoo Mail customer. Uh, I still use <laughs> Yahoo Mail, so so uh, you and my mom then. Okay, that's it. Perfect. That's it. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, and and again, great great question, Scott. Here, and so you mentioned you know millennial versus baby boomer, and in many cases, that is what you know, at a company level, that's what's being, you know, reviewed and analyzed. And, you know, because we have this wonderful amount of information at our disposal and that we can analyze it, you know, we have to take it a step further, right? It's not a, simply a matter of the difference between millennial and baby boomers. So, for example, 
looking at the age demographics, you know, we had, um, Scott, both you and I had the pleasure of listening to a presentation by uh, renowned author Hayden Shaw, who presented at Cooper's iConnect conference a few years ago. And his presentation was on demographics and generational differences. And one of the things that was amazing to hear that he pointed out was that from an age demographic perspective, it's not just a matter of millennials versus baby boomers. We have traditionalists, we have baby boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, and now we have Gen Z. And when you think about that from a you know company perspective, you are offering a service to or a product to potentially five demographics, age demographics, all at the same time. That is incredible. That's really never happened before. So not only does the service that you offer have to adhere to these five demographics, age demographics, uh, but also how you communicate to them is absolutely critical. Are you going to communicate to, let's say, a traditionalist or a baby boomer the exact same way you would to a Gen Z? Maybe you are, and I, you know, I'm going to question that because is that the best approach? Again, we talked about you know the omni-channel approach uh, a little bit earlier here, and the idea is that with business intelligence, you're able to have specific granular level details on customer types and demographics that might ultimately lead to you know more successful campaigns, whether it be more marketing, promotional, or again, increasing customer satisfaction. So it's taking it to that next level or a few levels down, if you will, a much more granular level that ultimately helps you as a business achieve your goals, achieve you know things that you're you're uh, monitoring your your KPIs. And so the idea here from a communication perspective is, you know, you're you're allowing information to be passed to your end customer to give them the optimal experience. You're you're basically talking to your customer in a language that they will understand on a platform that they want. And that is, you know, critical again in, in today's marketplace. Perfect. So we've we've really, you know, talked a lot about BI and its applications. And I, I know uh, and I'm setting you up for success here, Anthony. What I'd like to get into uh, is let's get give our our audience some specifics. I, I know you have a case study, um, you know, ready for us where we have use business intelligence to help solve a problem and, and and you know that's where it's best used if you have an issue or you have a you know a problem that needs being solved or you have a customer segment that you're not tapping into how can we leverage everything that we just talked about and put it into practice to help solve this particular business problem and drive those cx numbers uh, and help improve you know overall customer satisfaction so why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh, you have in store for us next here Absolutely. So earlier in our conversation, I made reference to, you know, two bird, one stone uh, analogy. And so what we're looking at is, are there ways to increase customer satisfaction while driving costs down, right? So two very important reasons as to why companies are leveraging business intelligence. And in, in this next example, I think we demonstrated exactly that. So we partnered with one of our um, clients, a, a large utility with within the US. And the idea was to work together to utilize business intelligence to overcome particular challenges or KPIs that this particular client was trying to meet. So they came up with a few areas for us to, to look into. And the one I wanna talk about is around uh, driving paperless adoption, right? So having your customers move from 
traditional paper print and mail uh, solutions to you know receiving their information on an online platform through an e-billing platform. So what we did was we gathered uh, several sets of data. Well, with this client, we provide several services too. So we have a significant amount of billing data, uh, data around customer preferences, um, and as well as um, subscriber information. And on our client side, they're housing some of this information within their CIS as well. And so we pooled both sets of data together. And what we we're trying to do is find the best, most accurate uh, level of data so we could start building our reports and analytics on. But before we did that, we also grabbed external sources as well. And this was critical uh, because we utilized something. So we utilized the United States Census Bureau was one of our examples for uh, an external data source. And within the United States Census Bureau, you know, we gained information to age, uh, gender, uh, household size, population density, unique variables per zip code, which we'll soon find out was incredibly valuable to this exercise. So, you know, looking back at the three components of business intelligence, again, there's data, there's the reporting and, and visualization, and then there's gaining insights to drive particular action. So we had our data. Once we had our data, we started applying machine learning um, and um, artificial intelligence and our complex uh, analytics as well. So once we had our data, we were able to apply machine learning, um, advanced algorithms, and other components of artificial intelligence with the intent and goal of trying to break down the customer type as granular as possible, right? So our client was trying to increase paperless adoption. And before we could do that, we determined that we needed to truly understand their customer type. Not just the split between, you know, residential and commercial and industrial. We needed to go far beyond that measure to truly understand, okay, perhaps this certain customer type is, you know, they're receiving more paper than opting for paperless adoption. So once we had that granular level breakdown, thanks to business intelligence and machine learning, we, we moved on to our next step in the process. And this was the visualization. And this is amazing. We produced heat maps to show within our client's service territory where exactly, what pockets or zip codes have a higher amount of uh, paperless adoption versus non-paperless adoption. And what we determined was within several of these zip codes where a lot of the customers are receiving traditional uh, print and mail or their bills and letters and statements through print and mail was uh, Spanish-speaking communities. And so this heat map helped us isolate that. So we understood the customer type, Spanish-speaking community or Spanish-speaking customer. And we were able to pinpoint that there are, through this heat map, specific uh, areas or zip codes within our client service territory where, again, these customers were just simply not opting into paperless adoption uh, channels or paperless channels. So the insight we gained here, there was a few insights. The two we're going to focus on is the first one, there's a strong correlation between paperless and primary household language. Why is that? Well, working with our client, we determined that in most cases, all of the marketing material that was sent to their customers around, hey, we have a mobile app that you can use, or we have an online platform that you can use. All of this information was being sent to customers in English uh, as opposed to other languages. 
So as a Spanish-speaking uh, individual, you're receiving marketing information in English that you may or may not you know, utilize. It may be uh, not valuable to you. So with working with our client, uh, Kubra and our client determined that there are several ways that we can now you know, help drive paperless adoption to these Spanish-speaking communities. And one of the clear ways, of course, is sending information to them in their native language. This helps them now understand, oh, maybe there is another way I can view and, and, and pay my bills here. And so not only would that potentially increase customer satisfaction, because now you're giving more meaningful information to your end customer, you're also driving your operational costs down because you don't have to pay for you know paper and, and postage costs. The other thing that was determined, which was quite interesting, was that you know there were some paper-based customers who still receive their, their bill uh, via the mail, but were opting to receive notifications through an e-billing form. So again, if they were receiving particular notifications via email or via SMS, but they were still paper-based customers when it came to their bill or their letter or their statements. So with that insight, again, we're able to target and determine, okay, perhaps if we send a notification to this particular customer, letting them know that, hey, you can turn off your paper bill and view everything online, maybe that again would, would uh, be a positive experience for them. They would realize, hey, this was an option, and now I'm gonna go flip to a, a paperless channel. So that was uh, incredibly valuable. Uh, and looking at you know some numbers from uh, when the, our client determined to build uh, a Spanish version of their mobile app, you know, we saw a, I think that went live last year, uh, we've seen 100, over 100,000 downloads of the mobile app uh, since it launched. So incredible statistics that were gained because we performed this business uh, intelligence exercise with this client. Yeah, and you know, Anthony, you mentioned a couple of really good points there. Uh, obviously, all of our clients have their own rich set of data, but but you did mention you know external sources, census data, um, you know age demographic data. There, there's lots of rich information out there on the web, uh, readily available to help bolster a lot of uh, you know the information that you need in order to drive and make those those critical business decisions. So that was uh, that was an excellent and wonderful example. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. All right, Anthony, now's the part of the episode where we put you on the spot uh, and ask you out of the blue, you know, tell us a little bit or, or an instance of where you've experienced an incredible customer experience. One example that comes to mind, Scott, was last year I purchased a new barbecue, and this was a Weber Smoky Mountain barbecue. And uh, I brought the barbecue at home, and I had to assemble everything myself, of course. And so in the instructions, they tell you to download their mobile app, and uh, they claim it's a lot easier to go through the step-by-step -step instructions on their mobile app. I took their word for it, downloaded the app, and it was an amazing experience because instead of just reading the instruction line by line, we've all built things at home, and sometimes the instructions aren't 100%. Yeah, I IKEA comes to mind. That's yeah. it. I didn't, I didn't want to name drop IKEA, but yeah, there we have it. <laughs> Um, what, what Weber did was in their mobile app, they actually have a visual uh, or a video of each step showing you how to perform the, the tasks that you have to perform. And so it was an incredible experience because I actually saw in real time how to build the barbecue step by step without actually just having to read an instruction manual. So that was an incredible experience. And then from there, just, you know, 
navigating throughout their, their app as well, just giving different tips and uh, best practices for this type of barbecue. So um, that was it. After after watching those instructional videos, I was just sold on Weber and now I'm purchasing only Weber <laughs> related barbecue uh, goods. So that was there a great experience. So when we're out of this pandemic, we know where the barbecue is. That's um, it. That's at your it. place. Perfect. Anthony, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. This was a pleasure. Appreciate being here. That's all for Experience Better, the CX podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And please send us your questions and continue to the conversation with us on Twitter or Facebook at Kubra Way. That's K-U-B-R-A-W-A-Y. Or on LinkedIn at Kubra. Experience Better. The CX podcast is presented by Kubra. I'm your host, Scott Thompson. Goodbye for now. And I hope you experience better. Thank you very much.